Welcome to the Mindful Surfer podcast with myself, Will Foster, and my co-host, Liam Morgan, who has just scored a banging right-hander at our little local break. A bit of wind swell yeah. from the east. Beast from it's the east. quite chilly. Um, we, we mainly surf wind swell where we are. And we're back after a sort of three, four-week break. We had loads of stuff come up, didn't we? There's it's what happens <laughs> in life sometimes. You just... There's a lot of people going, ah, oh, fuck. <laughs> I thought they... Like, oh, oh, shit. Oh, I did subscribe. It's popped back up. They have recorded one. They're back. I'll just be nice. I'll, I'll listen for a little bit. Is it just like really unpopular people paddling out again? Yeah. And they've been away for a while. Yeah. They're like, oh, I've not seen yeah. those guys for a long time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. shit, here they come. Yeah, probably me. Paddle Making borders. noise. Oh, God, it's a fucking noisy guy yeah. again. No, we have been um, away, haven't we? But we've, we've had a couple of sessions back to back. Little little bit of a nug. So we had two, yeah, yesterday and today. Yeah. Good fun. And actually yesterday was cool because it was on the, I was on my longboard foamy thing and I always find it really challenging trying to do sort of little turns on that. But it means that then when you get on your smaller stuff, like today, yeah, first couple of ways, the first three ways, I was, I was feeling like more accurate, you know, turning even more with my bottom arm to get that arc and that, that kind of, it's all in your arm surfing. Surfing's fascinating how it, it comes from the legs, the power, but all the finesse and ability to, to arc and and get your angles correct and, and hit the ball where you need to is all is arms. Yeah. Well, you're and, a pro now as well because you've been in Portugal surfing. Full pro. And everybody pro. that goes on a surf trip comes back to their local break as a pro. As a pro. And it's weird because it was a kind of trip where it was... Um, for, the forecast for the first two days was 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 about 10, 12 feet at I'm, gl- I'm glad I wasn't 18 there. second period swell. So it's a Nazare swell, basically. And we were about half an hour from Nazare in Irasira, um, who some of the listeners may know. It's kind of middle south Portugal, mm. just near Lisbon. Uh, beautiful area. And it was kind of one of these ones where it was the kind of trip where I didn't really put in a turn. <laughs> it, was a, it was a weird, weird trip like that. Um, first two days, it was just sort of, survival but the first the first day the first day was special and and it was um sort of on this point break called furnos furnace furnos um breaks right off the corner ben gravy was surfing it if you look at his footage from when he went to portugal he was he was on it on the first day he arrived he surfed it right off the rock of the corner on a much smaller day but you get an insight in Ben's video there to uh, kind of what the wave's like. And you can look on YouTube if you want. Look at, look at Furnos in Irasira. Um, and it's, it's, a, it's a banging wave. And, and we looked at it and thought, okay, that's, that's significant, that swell that's coming in there. Um, can we do it? And you sort of, what you're doing in surfing is you're – and this, we, need to, we need to have this conversation with all of us, you know, all of us, myself included, when we say this, that we need to not do what I do. I am – shall we say, reasonably hot in the head. And I know I am. That's kind of what makes me, me. But so much of my work on is just calming everything down and kind of being more measured and just like, right, is this actually on? (laughs) Because I know Tiago's listening to this, who I went with, whose house he has there. So thank you, Tiago, for that whole thing. And that was amazing. Um, But also Ollie, if Ollie's listening too. But the crew we were with were like, Will, just, just, calm down just watch it for a bit and i'm going i want to get in i want to get <laughs> tiago's like for fuck's sake just shush calm down just watch for a bit because it's like 20 feet just just 
so I do get a bit excited with big waves because I didn't have even have the right board really. I needed a, a a gun, proper proper gun, or actually one of these mid length step ups. They're great. This kind of twin pin sort of thing, and you get the channels seven oh seven two something for like really getting in early on these big bombs. The Torren Martin. Torren Martin. He's really kind of getting a lot of people into those kind of boards now for, for, for bigger waves actually, not for small stuff. For when it really is on. So you do need a man bun to surf it though. You do. A top knot. You need a top knot and, and one of those and beards beard, that, yeah. that where you have it shaved to start with. Oh. And that no no, that you, no, got? no you've got just a normal <laughs> you've got a normal sort of like Irishman Scots, you know, like oh, Celtic beard. But no, this is the one where it's shaved to there, yeah. to the middle of your cheeks, and then you re You regrow it you re- but it grows real big. Yeah. Like it's real girthy. And anyway, so as the surf session goes, we, we got to this beautiful, beautiful spot. I'm going mental. Let's get in. Let's get in. Oh, my God. It's Bob Will. Slow down. Let's watch it for 10 minutes. Caught for an hour. Where do the sets go? And as we're watching it, we saw one of the actual sets come. We'd watched these like, smaller sets, which are still about double overhead. And then the 18-second period kicks in every now and then. And we're like, oh, um, the whole bay is closing out <laughs> and it's closing out big time. And you think, okay, well, okay, can you get through that? And what's the lull like? So let's time that. Okay, what's the lull like after the bomb? You get four or five in the bomb set. You don't go for that one anyway because it's closing out. So let's see. And then, ah, right. Bide your time. There's there's the exit. You paddle there. Da, da, da. So in fairness to the boys, in fairness to Tiago, thank you, mate, if you're listening because... Um, it then meant we could paddle in the right place, and I still went, once once the call was made, we go we're going to go here. I was still like a little fucking six year old who's Christmas Day, and you just oh, get the suit on. Yeah. And then yeah, we got, by the time we got out, we, it was it was a good 15, 20 minute paddle out because it's such a long way, and we got really lucky. We we just basically just flat water paddling all the way to the point because that's what point breaks are like uh, mostly, um, and then. My first one was just an absolute dream, and it, it was um, re- really scary. And one of the things is, one of the things is, is it's sort of when you're going through adrenaline, um, it can really mess with your sports performance in any sport because the adrenaline is is there to help you succeed because it increases alertness and focus, and that's what adrenaline is there for. When you when you were hunter gatherer a million years ago, half a million years ago. You, you were de- developing this as, as your evolving human because it was there to help you. Where it hinders you is this human mind. It's very interesting. So if you took a human and just took them right, stripped them right back to this basic creature, physical creature that we are, and needing your brain to better do things that you know an animal can do, like run and sprint and move and whatever, but then remove the mind you'd have this this creature that is just this high-performing beast because it just can calculate things much, much better. It's like, no, no, that's an absolute death bomb you would leave. No, no, this is a perfect bomb, now go. It becomes very black and white when you remove the mind. When the mind gets involved to, uh, with adrenaline, you put the two together, they, they, they are not a great marriage. Because mine goes all over the place, and that's the, that's the thing we t- that's what makes our show what we love. We t- love talking about what goes on with the human mind and how it interacts with our surfing life. So my mind's going 
everywhere. And, and this is how the story goes. So I really want to again thank Tiago for this. This is a great sort of thank you message to him because I was I was doing that thing. We all doing surfing, which is I hadn't had a wave. I hadn't had a wave. And prior to this bomb, um, I've got to mention this because um, I was really scratching and I was trying and I was trying too hard. And I started going too far inside. Yeah. So then the outside was, was, was smashing me. So then I'd go too far outside to try and get one. And I just was not in the flow because my mind was being affected by the level of adrenaline in my body. It was, it was, I was so um, sort of vibrating almost too, too highly thinking ahead too far, thinking in the future too much. Where do I need to be? What about there? Da, da, da. And with a big point like that, it, it's hard to know where to be because a lot of them you had to, if you were going to catch one, you had to catch it with the white water sort of hitting you slightly on the shoulder because it's so big you couldn't actually take off yeah. on the steep bit because you couldn't get on it. So you had to have the white water hit you and then sort of catch it. But Tiago had had some screamers before my, my one. Um, and he was in this great flow, great rhythm, which we all get sometimes in surfing. And he was having this absolute ball. And then I think I'd found myself in a better place to be. And he was at this point outside, I was inside, but I was not too far outside. I was not too far inside. I was sort of getting used to where I needed to be. And this absolute smoker, 15, 20 foot face thing coming. Perfect peak, but just absolutely massive. Blue water going down the line. It looked like it was going to be a mile long ride. And Tiago was kind of in the spot for it because he was outside. Yeah. But I was further towards the peak than him. So on a technicality level, it was his wave. Um, but it could have been my two kind of. And and he just went, do go. And he just, he pointed at me, just like, screamed at me, like, go like this. And if he hadn't, I don't think I would have then had that session because I spammed my board and just had this absolute dream wave. And um, it, how many cutbacks? I don't know. Just went a long, long way. Crazy speed. Huge bottom turns. You know when you're bottom turning? An absolute beauty. When you, your hand is mm. just on the, the surface of the wave. So as you're bottom turning front side, you're, you're just touching. Because your board's so at a right angle. That, and you're so compressed that your hand can just stroke up the lip as you come through these turns. And, and then, then the session kicked off. Then I was just on this roll, 10th wave, 12th wave, not many waves, but really incredible. And, and it's just, it's amazing because it was a real story of kind of gratitude actually for Tiago because he saw I was struggling, saw that my mind has, had started to get in the way of the surf. He had, he had already had three or four smokers. So he was already, look, I'm, I'm, I want Will to get, yeah. you know, that, and that generosity was phenomenal and so he went look just go and so i'll always be thankful to him for that because it, it really was that first one was, was a special wave there was one moment on it where i don't know how i was this calm but i sort of i got to the mid bowl the mid bowl is where it barrels yeah, yeah. outside bowl starts off like this and then the mid bowl really starts to barrel and i stood and i sort of did this thing i do when i lumble where i put my hand behind my back because it helps my balance like just one hand and i sort of stood upright because there was nowhere you couldn't foam climb it you couldn't lip smack it you could the only thing you could do is stand for the for the barrel and whether you stood for it and went into the closeout or not was up to you and i sort of stood there and just arched and let this like cavern go over my head as, and then and then saw this amazing view and then obliterated rather than sort of just dive off too soon so it was 
you know you're in the flow when you you know you just you're relaxed I was relaxed that was a, it was an amazing feeling this 15 foot lip and I was just like calm and but you know the thing is you, you've got to scrub it out of the way because then the next day wasn't the same and neither was the next day and even since coming back we've had some great surfs but you know not had those worldy type waves and um you then got to let go of the past and that's how it works it's it's that's that's the mindful surfing in in a nutshell isn't it in its shell you 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 have a great time of doing something but you're not guaranteed that you in fact you almost we're searching to replicate that and occasionally you find it but no experience will ever be the same as the one you've just had yeah so it's just that gratitude for it move on and then when the next one comes enjoy that as well and it's just like that is surfing in a nutshell too isn't it right so it's mind and surf because i i do that you get into a wave and you think oh i am listen get the cameras out i am now surfing i hope everybody saw that (laughs) and then you go and get the next session and you're like fuck i can't surf it's it's so Crazy. weird so humble. and different conditions and different ways and you might get your sort of self-dialed on that particular uh way, type of wave you go somewhere else as i said a few episodes ago you haven't had the hours of practice you need to get the flow state on that kind of barrel or whatever reef break or point break or whatever it is you don't surf so it's a magical thing what did mickey dora say it's the best waste of time like surfing's a waste mm, of time. It's nice, and that's the way he wanted to live his life, wasting his time. So, love that. That's that's <laughs> such a lovely quote, actually. Yeah, such a good waste of time. The um, it's amazing how waves do either suit your surfing yeah. or not, yeah. and not black as black and white yeah. as that, because obviously there's nuance within that. Um, but for the sake of what we're discussing and what you're saying here, dude, yeah, um, is it's true? And and I have days where I'm like, God, what. I can't, I mean, there were a few today where it didn't suit my surfing really. I, I, when I get into messy surf, weirdly, I get better on my backhand. Yeah, you Really got strange. Back, yeah. My backhand gets, becomes my go-to. Like I can hit the pocket and, and get into those right spots better. I can sort of pump, I don't, it's strange, I don't know why. Let me tell you what I won't be doing again. It's putting a quad in my puddle jumper yeah. for, for junky waves. Junky waves. I think I think and two of the biggest wipeouts I've had for a long time today. I think what happens as well is that we're on these puddle jumpers, right? And when you go forehand, yeah. you look at the mechanics of forehand surfing. So this is front side surfing. If you're on a wide tail board, you you're getting speed here but you're possibly getting too much now that's from the toe turn because you can sort of you can lean into it deeper yeah. and harder it's often why frontside surfing is easier for people because the bottom turns easier and that just speed generation but when you have a wide tail board and it's junky you can get fast pockets of energy that sort of send you out too quick whereas backside i find because my heel is it's almost harder to engage it slows down the process so you can get back to the pocket easier in a way so in a way as we're thinking about this on our feet it's like four junky waves if you're then going forehand you'd want to be on some sort of mid-lengthy thing mm-hmm. with maybe a third fin maybe like a little trailing fin with like a tw- like a twinny yeah. but something that's reasonably long with a bit of rocker as soon as you then go backside you'd want to be on like a white tail fish puddle jumper thing so then it comes back to this thing that we've said so many times on the show which is is there a perfect board for <laughs> Every surf, hell no, man. How can there be? That's where it's like golf, isn't it? It's just... I mean, I'm not a golfer, and we've said that before, but the parallels of 
which what do you chew what you're going to hit the ball with this time you can't you know you don't drive it with a putter but a putter is a useful tool for the thing you need to do when you're on the green and similarly if you're on the range you need to hit it harder with the club so all of this a uh, driver so you you kind of Surfing's the same. What board do you take into which conditions? And I'm learning as as I go because I don't know this stuff. I'm getting to places where I go. Okay, what do I do now? I had that. I've had this with the puddle quite a bit, where I'm sort of starting to notice the lack of rocker sometimes. Yeah. Because I keep purling the nose, and especially if I try and bottom turn, a lot of the time, and this could be a, a, an indication of my surfing level as much as anything. But there's no rocker to to get round the section sometimes. And up the face of the wave, it, it basically the nose goes into the wave, and I I fall off invariably. It, it's one of those ones where, again, with your puddle, you've put in quite small quads. Yeah. Now, if you look at the, the quads that I've always gone for for puddle, is is, is an XL mm. side fin with the normal rear yeah. sort of thing. Whereas you've gone for a, what we call a standard quad, which I think would work really well. And has worked well in really really clean down the line waves that are doing this. Yeah. And they're very it's, mechanical, it's clean, brilliant for that. For, for that but that's why fin, fin, fin experimentation is so important just as much as it's boards just as much as it is your training your nutrition all these things that go into this craft that we do and to a lot of people they t- sort of watch it and go oh they just think you're riding a wave like what how could there be any nuance in that until you become a surfer and you really go into the depths of it the slightest tweak of a fin and you can yeah. transform your session well and as, as you say body and fitness because we we've been off for a while haven't we we had covid we've been traveling and and covid didn't affect me very badly at all in the in 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 the you know immediacy of it when you have it i felt quite like muscle achy for uh, for, for a day um and then the sort of half a day after I felt tired, and then I, I seemed to be better, and then I had a day where I was a bit tired. But where I did notice it, mostly from a being out of training for a week, because, you know, you isolate, don't you? you can't go anywhere, well, you've got COVID for 10 days. So I'm just sat around, didn't really feel like training that much, so I'm sort of let the body rest and recuperate. But then the surf immediately after that, when I saw you, I'd come out. My paddle fitness was not disappear but i was i was really feeling the effects of not having surf for such a long time and not done anything around the surf you know so usually when it's flat and we've got no surf we're sort of doing something to keep moving swimming uh, weight training whatever it might be this time i had a period where i'd done virtually nothing and then to go back from nothing especially as you get getting a bit older into the waves i found that really tricky Really tricky. Yeah. If you, any break in a fitness routine and you suddenly realise how much fitness is involved in surfing. Yeah. And it's not to be underestimated. Mm. It, it really takes, it, it demands a lot from many types of fitness within the human body. You know, this anaerobic, this, this kind of acidic, uh, sort of glycolytic um, burst type activity, mm. which is what surfing is in the kind of wave department when you're catching it. And let's say you're getting pounded on the inside, you've got to get back out. And then there's this this gentler, longer duration aerobic element as well. And that's just the that's just the the sort of metabolic en- elements, not even just the finesse stuff where, you know, being, being able to balance and where's your core center? How's your posture as you turn? Like, you know, what's your flexibility like with your arm as you arc through cutbacks? And how strong are your quads and glutes for engaging in that big maneuver off the top? Can you land it? You know, it is the most multifaceted 
of sports in that way. I only, the, the one that's the, the only one I can think that's closest to it is um, is rugby. Yeah, it's rugby and surfing are very very similar in that sense. Football not as much because that's why I was never a good rugby player. Right? <laughs> <laughs> but I think football, soccer. Yeah. I think soccer is another close second as well. It's basically sports like that. It's like burst go, burst go, but with loads of dynamism. Um, tennis probably actually. Tennis, actually, to be fair, tennis well, also would be up there. I think fighting sport. There's a, you do find a lot of surfers do B, BJ, Brazilian jiu-jitsu yes. or boxing or some sort of kickbox or whatever it is yes. because of the explosiveness of that yeah, as well. Yeah, it's so true. And I think that it's with the jiu-jitsu side of things and rugby and these kind of contact yeah. things, it's, it's courage as yeah. well. Being in that combative environment is very, very uh, like scary. So overcoming that, but also squat technique, drive technique. How do you bend? What's your tower of power like? That low, those low, powerful positions yeah. that you've got to get into. So that that is the compression of a bottom turn. And, it, and when you see guys who don't bend well, and if maybe they do bend well, they don't engage in glutes. You can see it in their bottom turn. It's, it's a lack of power. It's really interesting. This is an interesting thing on surfing because there is an assumption that surfing's play, and it is. You know, you go and have fun. You, you, regular listeners know our thoughts on that it just it's how you are you having a good time doesn't matter you can be in that surf school stoke and you'll be having a better time than some semi-pro or pro surfer because they're getting frustrated but i think there's a at times you know people forget the intensity of the and the physicality of surfing in reasonable waves where it is a contact spot you're getting you're getting pounded at times well you are going to get pounded you know, there's, it's as simple as that. You know, you are going to wipe out. You're going to take some falls and some hits. So there's, there's that. And then there's just the basic um, biomechanics, in a way, of sporting enterprise, and particularly in those explosive uh, sports, as you mentioned, Will. And Clayton at Ombi articulates this really well in terms of, you know, if you look at, you know, the traditional kook surfer, you know, I'm, I'm just using that as an example where you kind of poo man stands side on, and I've done that a lot myself versus the sprinter or the boxer or the you know the martial artist facing the opponent and facing forward and just little tweaks like that that if you are a, uh, a sports person and you've got an idea of you know um, where your body is how it moves what it does you can you have to then apply that to the surf, surfing world and you, you you generally you flourish but it's a weird thing you you know when when uh, you know uh, newbies, if you like, go into another sport, they're aware that it's a sport and it requires a level of skill and enterprise and physicality that that will require them to exceed at that sport. Surfing sometimes there's a bit of it where there's a lack of awareness that that's going to be required, and therefore that's where I don't think gains are made because it's seen as well. I just go in and have a play, but if if you if you if you want to improve and you want to develop. You need to work on all facets of your physicality, off you know outside of the ocean as much as in it. In fact, totally. as we often say, most of those gains are outside of the ocean. Totally, because if you can't do it on land, you, you're definitely not doing it in nope. the arena of the ocean. No way. That's and that's that's where you can see people on surf skates. Yeah, and you can see really closely how 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 compressed are they. Mm. In bottom turns, it's 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 also tricky as well. There's a, there's a there's that, that's a good side of surf skate analysis. You can really look at that. But the downside of it is, I am I am never putting in even close to the compression on a bottom turn on a good wave on a surf skate than I do on a board because it would slide out mm. and you'd 
you'd smack your face off the ground almost every time. But it's still quite quite a good. It's the closest thing we have. Yeah. I mean, snowboarding would be better because you snowboarding, you really, especially on powder, oof, you can really see someone's bottom turn. You know, when you see people on snowboards and they drive hard, how 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 compressed are they? How much spray is coming off their bottom turn? Because it's bottom turn spray that's a more important indicator of how someone's getting on with their surfing than than top. Because the top can be worked on. Yeah, relatively easily. It hurts, though, doesn't it, when you hit the ground? I, I haven't snowboarded for a long time. My cousin's trying to get on some Red Bull Riders tour at the moment. He's a, oh, he, right, he, wow. He's a really good downhill skater and, and snowboarder. Um, and he's just dislocated his yeah, <laughs> shoulder. That's the thing. Yeah. That's the thing. And I always remember, like, a, a mate of mine saying, you know, oh, you know, why don't you just go snowboarding? That's surely just, you just surfing, surfing, surfing. Well, that's the whole point. And because there's a scarcity in surfing, because it's random, because they're moving at you and you don't know what you're going to get and it's like potluck and it's the synchronicity, spontaneity, yada, 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 that that's what draws us in. It's a spiritual activity. It, it, it really is. Like you when you're out there, because you're also in nature, but you're with these moving waves, it's the waves of energy that we all go through in daily life of this emotion, that emotion, this emotion, that emotion, this thought, that thought, this thought, that thought. And it's a representation of your your surf. I really mean this, and I really feel this and believe this. Your surf that you have is always a representation of where you are in your life, where you are in your mind, where you are in your body. Because when you go out there and your vibe's in the right place, you're rewarded with that. Because mm. this, this moving pockets of energy at the ocean, you, you tend to be in the flow. You tend to find the right bit. And, but lo and behold, when your mind's really active and you're really out of the zone and you're overthinking this or that or the other you just don't get the wave and if you do you fall off and it doesn't so it is a is there we go i mean it's that word spiritual it's a it's possibly a bit of a misused word and a bit misguided too uh misleading so what is the word i'm trying to look for here because spiritual assumes kind of this image that we all conjure of someone dressed in robes and you know, humming and meditating and, and no, I don't. <laughs> it's very nice. I don't know what that's from, but that sounds lovely. You yeah. have some nice pipes there. I went. To, I, 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 well, if you go to church as a kid, you you got a there lot you of that go. there you go. embedded deep in the recesses of my memory. In, in you, but I think I just made that one up. That's just, they can have that for free. They can have put that. it in your hymn book. Um, put that in your hymn book and smoke it. Um. I've but got, just sorry, Mum. Sorry, Mum. Who <laughs> <laughs> still probably goes? Well, my grandmother used thinking, to do like, this. Liam, she, she, you don't go. My, my, God rest her soul. My, my, my Irish grandmother. I think my uncle was telling a joke once that probably had religious undertones to it, and the crucifix that she had on a wall fell off and hit him on the head, and she was like, "Well, there you go. That's what happens if you uh, blaspheme." It's <laughs> oh, funny. Yeah. I like that. Um, but this thing with, with spiritual, it's not, it's, it's, uh, when we say surfing is a spiritual activity, you know, what do we mean? I think, I think it's a better way of putting that. The best way I can think of on the spot is surfing is a, a mindful activity because it, it, it shows you where your mind's at. Mm-hmm. That's more of what it is. And so I know it's very, very cheesy because it really sums up our show, but it's, it is like if I, if I go into a surf, with a low stoke, you know, a, a pre, a low pre-surf stoke, it invariably does not work out. hundred oh, percent. That well, the surf, uh, and that sometimes comes from just complaining about the surf. And we've all done that. And I, I'm fucking well 
aware of my complaining of oh it's oh, it's like this isn't it and then there's a mate over the other side who's having an absolute fucking ball well, you, and that shows a lot right you have to be very careful not to get conscripted conscripted by the shitwave police as we shitwave said before. police because there are it's the shitwave police because they're out there <laughs> we got to come up with a proper little rap for that yeah they are out there all the time they are and you, you're right i mean i've had to get into my mind because it's a deeply spiritual. I mean, you, you, you say this to some people and they glaze over, and others it really connects with, and that's the reason we're doing the show. But it's so deeply spiritual, and it's, it's so, um, you know, uh, cleansing, everything that it does. But the one thing I've had to get used to as well is it isn't the saviour. You can't go in with those, you, you know, I used to very much lean on the surf as a crutch to say, oh, I've had a bad bad week or a bad day or whatever and i'm going to go surfing and don't get me wrong there is something in that that if you approach approach with gratitude that that's it, surfing is going to give you something you know restorative it will do but to take away the expectation of it being this kind of savior of of of, of your day or your week and just just allow it to be mm. you get more from it anyway so yeah. this is sort of weird, da- weird dance and the times i've gone in with too much expectation on what that ses- session might do it- it's never quite as fulfilling as the times that you go in with a bit more of an open heart and say just you know give me i'll get what i get big time it's, it's really interesting that respect it, it is and i think that the longer you go without a wave mm. either in a session mm. or prior to the session because you've been having a break due to injury or work or whatever that's the test yeah. It's been sent to you to test your patience, test your resolve, test how mindful you're being in that moment, how present you're being, because it will come. And you'll, when it comes, you'll be focused. And because you're focused, you'll do better. You'll enjoy it more. You'll get more stoke. Yeah. But if we've ever had time at the water through an injury or just because of life, that next session that does come, there is that, oh, I really, I really want this. I really want this. Yeah. And it does affect it. And there's also those times within a session you're not scoring a wave. You're not scoring a wave. It's like that time with, with Tiago in Portugal. I wasn't scoring one. There he is. He goes again. And there he is and goes again. He was just on fire. He was on this just merry-go-round of nailing it. And I wasn't. But there must have been a switch in me at some point. And I don't recall it specifically, but there had to have been like a, just a get that energy back, that, that good energy, in order for there to be something good to happen. Like, like your quote, dude, which is, you know, good things happen to good people. Mm-hmm but we don't necessarily go through bad people moments. It's more that we go through lower vibe moments yeah. where we're scratching. So you've got to get that good vibe back. And when you get that good vibe back of just getting your energy in the right place, calming it all down, boom, and, uh, you, it comes. You see in busy sessions where there's people not catching wave and they're like, ah, fuck, slapping the water and all that sort of stuff. And it's not going to, that reaction is not going to, I've done it myself, by the way. Um, but that reaction is not going to get you the next wave <laughs> because you're already, it's kind of like on the road to frustration and defeat and all that sort of thing. It, 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 and it's, it's a slightly leaning into blame then. Ah, oh, this board. Oh. And instead of just going, well, I didn't get it. I'll get the next one. <laughs> you know. It's so true, man. But it's human nature, isn't it? And so much of the show that we've talked about is us giving ourselves as much of our own advice as we can so to true. make each session better. So um, true. But you're right about being out of the water. I mean, I was getting very frustrated with not surfing and, you know, as I say, a combination of either conditions or COVID, one of the two. And work as well. That's another big thing. And family and all the things that block your pursuit of a wave. Um, 
you know, responsibilities. And it is, you have to settle into patience because I, you know, I, I started to drift back into that place of blaming everything on the fact that I wasn't surfing. Uh, and that's why I was frustrated. That's why I was getting tense and angry and frustrated and work was frustrating and this here was frustrating, blah, blah, blah. And actually, I was just making excuses for my own inner work that needed to be done to say, sort your own, sort your shit out. It's not, so true. The surf's not going to save you for this time. So true, man. Um, dude, what an intro. Whoa. So nice to be back. Well, for us. <laughs> it's, yeah, everyone else is like, well, our, our one listener is thinking, bloody hell. <laughs> Please just yeah. shush. But hey, listen, Kelly, if, it's great to have you along. And yeah. uh, can we come to your wave pool one day? Correct. Mr. Slater. Kelly Kelly is our one listener, uh, which is always nice. Thanks, Kelly, for tuning in, man. Yeah. And p- p- please um, stop, listen, just stop sending the letters. Yeah. You know, we can only read so many. I- <laughs> <laughs> the seriousness and, and sincerity of your face then was fantastic. I'd love the listeners to. Oh, have you not been getting them? He must just send them yeah. to my house. No, no, I know. I know. You do, yeah. You do get a lot more than me, but he, I think he's a bit more of a fan of you yeah. than, than me i think he thinks i'd be annoying to surf with i think he's going to harvest my hair yeah that is grooming me oh to harvest God, yeah. Yeah. So you know like these organs think your your pubic hair shaving steal and, your organs and, and stick them yeah. to his head i'd love sort to of see thing. they did that on jackass did you ever see that i would love to see kelly slater with a proper big curly mop like mine on, on, be nuts. on, on his head wear like a proper wig and just yeah, cool. <laughs> nuts like a mob machado wig it'd be quite funny wouldn't it um Dude, second number two, the mindful surfer. Just a couple of moments, check in with your breathing. Engage with the present moment. So take a breath in through your nose. And breathe out. And breathe in. And breathe out. And breathe in. And breathe out. Really notice the air going in through your nose. Take another breath in. And keep your mind focused on the feeling of air going out. Stay focused on that breath. Let's do one more. Hold your breath at the top. Take a breath in. Hold your breath. Slowly breathe out. Good work, guys. Well done. Um, it's it's important, I think, in a busy life to not need to have to s- schedule mindfulness training, breath training, whatever you want to call it, into your day. But rather just do it when the opportunity arises and it's a much smarter way of doing it because you're you're building the habit into your life gradually and you because you're building into your life gradually it will sustain itself more easily and you'll then find yourself doing more naturally Mm. um throughout a day and um one area for me so i come back from a surf and there's all that adrenaline and whoa, everything's feeling really good, but you're really sort of, whoa, mind's, mind's sort of spinning in a good way spinning and full of coffee normally, is all these kinds of things. Very up, up, up type um, energies. And you need to just bring it back down just to kind of reset everything and crack on with, with the day. 
and maybe do some stretching because it's good to mobilize those joints yeah. after all the paddling we do, which is, by the way, a very unnatural thing for the human body to do. If you look at surfers' backs, shoulders, and the way they're all built, the imbalances are just hilarious. Sur surfers are, and surfing is very good for us, but we've just got to be able to balance that with all the stretching and strengthening work that need, needs doing because of the, the unnatural nature of laying on a board and all that jazz. Um, and one area, it, it's just, I get back, I get in the shower, bang, get washed, couple of minutes, boom, boom, boom. Uh, maybe trim the pubes, obviously, because we're always on about pubes, I know, but, you know, it, it is an area that's important for surfers because <laughs> you do not want to snag a pube when you're taking off your wetsuit. Then... Um, Start the breathing stretching. And uh, it's one of those ones where, you know, by the time you've got out of the shower and you suddenly you're into chores and then you're getting your lunch ready and, then, you know, oh, you know, suddenly it's five o'clock. You still haven't done any breathing work. And what breathing work does, and we talked about this, dude, it, it's, a, it's a focus generator. It gets you into this frontal cortex. Your, your brain's got the limbic system in a basic way. This is my basic anatomy of the brain. Uh, frontal cortex focus limbic system lizard so reactivity and what we're trying to do with this breath work is bring focus in and it might be that we think we're focused until we start doing mindfulness work and then we start going whoa i was not focused my mind was on this chore this chore this chore that chore this thing to say that thing needs doing that thing needs sending even while we were in the shower so what the breath work does is you start stretching i always just do Two basic stretches in the shower because you've got no space. And it's back behind the, the arm tricep, three breaths, breathe in for five, hold my breath, breathe out for 10, whatever, change arms. And when you're doing all this breathing, stretching, breathing, stretching, I get to about the seventh or eighth minute of the, I do three rounds. I always make it this habit, three rounds, three rounds. And you're, you're building the habit. I've come out of the shower having done eight minutes of of what you might call yoga. But the thing is with, with that label that people use to say, oh, I haven't been able to do my yoga. Well, <laughs> it was a label in the first place. That's maybe a tricky thing to call it because it's got to be in a class and a classroom and done by an instructor and it's an hour. And it's like, this is, so this is where people are going wrong often. Mm -hmm. Same with diets. They make, they make things so regimented. Oh, I'm on that diet. Woo! <laughs> Life's not like that. Life isn't, a one-hour yoga session is not a, I eat a vegan diet. It's not, life is nuanced and it's wavy and it's always moving. And it's not fixed. That's Never it. fixed. I think that's and you've got to get it in when you can get it in. Yeah. And I see that a lot in people. It's the idea that they are something. We're in this world, aren't we, where there's a sort of identity to everything. Your self-identity. And that's great and it's empowering for some people if that's what works. But in, in some ways it makes you so rigid. And that you therefore have to judge the people who are not in that. And you, you, you judge yourself because you're not conforming to whatever it is you've labelled yourself with. Instead of just having that fluidity to, like the surfing analogy, just ride whatever waves are put in front of you. And don't be so rigid. I'm not, I, don't I don't go on those waves. Why? Well, because it's slightly onshore. All right. <laughs> you stay on the beach and watch me have a great time then. And that's what's happening. You know? So true. And particularly dude. with diets. You know, If you label something, as you say, a diet rather than saying, I'm just going to have a, this is my lifestyle. This is what I do. You do that very well. That's what I do. But it's not so fixed that you won't read something else at some point and say, oh, maybe I'll try that. There you go. It's, and yeah. it's all about being able to maintain uh, an 
an open mind, a present mind. Yeah, do you remember those that things? See, that, that sees that, that, that you take your opportunity. You don't wait for it. Yeah. You take it. Yeah. When it's there, you take it. Yeah. Don't wait. Do it now. And, and, you know, it's like this thing where, same with injuries, that, you know, mind, the mindfulness of injuries. Well, oh, I can't do Oh, no, my back. It's just, it's just so. Or my knee is just, oh, no. I mean, it, no. Like, I, I, can, I can go through pain in my knee to the degree where it's like getting on for an 8 out of 10 on a Tuesday morning. And by the 10th minute of doing these mobilizing exercises that I've learned over the years and strengthening exercises and maybe a bit of icing. I don't, I don't know, whatever. Just, just, just always seeking the opportunity, taking the opportunity, not waiting for it. to. And, and then, like, you know, an hour later, I haven't even got a single 1 out of 10 so it's remarkable that people get so fixed on things and, and you're someone again who's shown the power of present moment in, in, in the opportunity is here for you to heal. It's it's here for you to stretch, it's here for you to breed, it's here for you to make a better food choice. Present moment, present moment, present moment. Here it is. It's not gonna wait for you. It's not in a day's time. You don't start eating better in a day's time. You do it fucking now. And you taking care of your back was that it was this thing. You had this back to take care of. But that doesn't mean it's just so. This, people get into this notion that, oh, things are just so, and, oh, I am just broken like that, oh, and that injury is just like this, and, oh, that person, you know, fucked me over, or they start... It's the blame thing. Yeah. Blame, 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 and fixed ideas. It's, it's two things, isn't it? It's blaming either someone else... Yes. ...or some other situation... Something else. ...something else for your own situation. That's it. Not taking it by the whatever... You want whatever your preference is. Let's say balls in this instance. I'm going to take you by the balls. I'm going to do something about it. Yep. And I'm going to take self-responsibility. That's the other thing. What happened to an open mind and t- taking responsibility for your own actions and, your own, and li- you know, living and dying by them? And it's, so, so not blaming other people, not being defined by whatever it is that is troubling you. And in this instance, we're talking about injuries. And realizing that there is a way out always of situation. You know, so when I broke my back and then had... You know, a couple of years later, that sciatic pain that was really, you know, I was, I, I was thinking, no, oh, that's it. I'm, I'm going to have to have an operation. This is going to be, this is my life. And I've never known pain like it, you know, even because it's so chronic and it's there all the time. And it's there when you walk and you do all these things. It's not like a break or a sprain or a, whatever it might be. And I was like, fuck, is this it? You know, but then, you know, we talked through it and, you, you know, I sort of met some other people who from, from really great physios to more kind of um, mindful, spiritual, holistic treatments. And acupuncture and strength training. And you start to piece your own team together, don't you? And say, I'm going to do everything I can to not let this define the next 20 years of my life. And as soon as you start to make even incremental, and that's the other thing, is that you you compare yourself and your pain threshold or whatever it might be, or your pain level to the day before and not to what other people are doing. And every little step of getting thinking, oh, it's now a nine out of 10. That's good. And oh, if I keep doing that, it's a bit, a bit painful, but it's not like a pain that's saying stop. It's a pain that's saying I'm working on something and now it's a seven out of 10. And then one day, but it takes a long time. And this is the thing, isn't it? It's a commitment to just keeping going. Those little incremental getting better and better against yourself day after day, day after day, with a, particularly with an injury like that. You go, one day you wake up and you go, it's, well, it's not even there. And the euphoria that comes with that is amazing. The, the thing... I had to really be very careful of, and I still do today. I'm very grateful every day that that sciatic pain has gone because it is really an unpleasant thing to have is every day thinking, thank God it's not there. 
thank you, it's not there. And every day is a, it's still time. not there. Big time. But knowing that the strengthening, especially around the core and the glutes and the hamstrings and the calves and the ankles, are what's keeping it at bay. Because the structural damage is still done. You can't mm. sort of undo that. Mm. But the strengthening of mus- musculature around the bits that are, you know, l- unstable is where the kind of pain has gone away. It's really yeah. cool. It's it's interesting to in my career as a mind and body coach. That's kind of what I'm calling myself now. It's it's I've gone through so many labels myself. Oh, I see. But it's it's well exactly. What would you call yourself? I mean, it's weird though, isn't it? I, yeah. I don't, let let someone else tell that tell me what I they think I am. What anyway? You should hear what all the people are calling you. Like yeah, fucking damn <laughs> yeah. right. Um, on a, in a classical way, personal yeah. training. Okay, is that in my in that time of seeing people. Um, I think I've done probably more. I was you say, say it was ten thousand. I'd say I've done something like twelve or thirteen thousand hours of being with people in a one-on-one way. You really get to know people. It's mm. fascinating insight. You really get to know people. And in that time, let's say there's been one hundred and fifty different clients. That's over two hundred, or I don't know how many. You get to know these this, this big pool of people. It's fascinating. So you really get to see how people are, which ones succeed, which ones don't, and. Although there's nuance within that, just for the sake of what I'm saying here, let me put that into two brackets of those who've had success. And what is that? Well, it's healing old injuries. It's getting stronger. It's improving longevity, grip strength, balance, squat technique, and basically just reducing wear and tear, healthy relationship with foods, um, you know, leaning out, perhaps losing body fat and trimming body fat and, and improving what we call metabolic health, rather than even actually using that word fat, just improving metabolic health. Etc. And they got those people who've had success with all that and those who, who haven't and really haven't. And there's one thing that those who haven't, I'll explain that group first. Mm-hmm. It's easier to, to work out. There's one thing that the group who don't have success, it seems, do as a habit that those who don't don't. And it is that they, they put things into black and whites. When things have gone well, they think you're... A miracle man. Very dangerous. If anyone I've ever trained starts thinking I'm like this amazing, oh, he's such a great trainer. He's done this for me. He's healed that. He's sorted that out for me. Or on a dietary front, whatever, they start making you this like special character. This is the most dangerous place for that client to be because they still haven't woken up. Mm. There's no one that's going to save you. This is entirely your self-responsibility for yourself. Because guess what? Those same clients, when it's then gone wrong, oh, guess who gets the blame? Yeah. Okay? Yeah. Me. Yeah. And it was never fucking to do with me in the first place. Too you true. turn up to training sessions, yeah. having eaten what you've eaten, and you move the way you move. Yeah. That's all I get to control. Well, not even the eating thing. I mean, I just get to control what exercise we do. And we decide on that day based on how you're moving. Now, obviously, sometimes you get a situation where a tweak comes in or an old injury comes up because you're just moving. Yeah, you're here to do the work, and the work, the work in inverted commas, isn't always going to be bliss. It's going to be times where you learn. Actually, <laughs> let's not do that like that. It's how you learn. But you don't blame anyone. You were doing it at the time. Did you do it pain free? Yeah. Did you feel good about it at the time? Yeah. So were we making the right decision at the time? Yeah, we were. So how can there be any going and ruminating over the past? Like, oh, it was the wrong thing to do. That this is hindsight. Mm. We call it hindsight. Because you're able to look over your hind, like you're able to look behind and, and go, oh, well, look, this is what we did. 
And Harry, Harry Hindsight is the world's best genius, isn't it? Right, yeah. thank you. And so then you get blamed. And I think this is what's really interesting. The clients then who have the most success with me are those who marry this thing of, I know I need to learn from this guy, but I know that I take full responsibility for how these exercises work on my body, what foods I decide to eat when I'm away from him, how I generally take care of myself when I'm away from him. And the better I take care of myself when I'm away from him, the less reliant I am on him. And therefore he can bring the little bit that he needs to bring into the table, which is not a lot. It's only a little smidgen. It's not entirely to do with that person. This is really, really this dangerous thing. Oh, it's so true. I've it's not the diet. It's not the training. It's, it's just always interchanging. Yeah. Always interchanging. I, always nuanced. I, I couldn't agree more. I've seen it a lot in, in my world of, uh, let's call it business and work, you know, put my work hat on. And invariably, particularly when you're dealing with people who might be in more of a sort of sales capacity, it's the same sort of thing. There's a there's a tendency. Well, well, two things, and, and I'll, I'll relate it back to sort of surfing and, and, and body work as well. But, but but it's a kind of ego mindset that comes in and absolutely does this. It 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 kind of takes credit for everything that goes very very well, and it 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 throws out blame for everything that goes very very badly. And you can almost see that that same character set will do the similar thing in other areas of their, their life, you know, and you know, I've, 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 there's been enough people I've met throughout the however many 20 years of doing it that you say, you, you kind of say there's a tendency of those who are, maybe they're just not awake to it, but they're asleep to this idea that everything good is their doing and everything bad is the, is a fault of someone else. And it sort of almost dials back into that kind of mindset that, you know, if you meet one or two knobheads in your life, you've met one or two knobheads. <laughs> but if everybody that you meet is a knobhead, yeah, then maybe yeah. you're the knob, yeah. you know, yeah, not, not the it. other people. This is it. This is it. And it, it kind of then goes into, you know, and I've trained with people like yourself, Will, and then in, in previous previous places, whether it's been, you know, uh, boxing or actually uh, Pilates after a back injury or whatever it might be. And those that, yeah, exactly that, take responsibility, that a personal responsibility that they own the uh, successes and they own the failures are the ones that have the resilience to keep going to get better. This is the big word. Or if they decide that they're not going to do it anymore, it's no one else's fault. Because as, as, as much as you can, and I think it's very important to build a good coaching team around you, whatever you're doing in life, whether it's music or whatever, a business or fitness, or surfing, Build a great coaching team. But there's one thing that those coaches can, no matter how good they are, can never do for you, and it's to get you to do the things that they're advising you to do. So on your shoulders, you have to take that weight of responsibility and own it when you don't do the things that they've advised you in your best interest to do, <laughs> take, uh, rather than blame everybody else for the situation. And absolutely, you can take that all the way through into surfing. Yeah. People blaming the board, they're blaming the yeah. waves, they're blaming the conditions, they're blaming yeah. the wind. Yeah. And really, they've got to get in the mirror, strip off, and have a look at themselves <laughs> and so see true. who's to blame for those I know, things. I know. And it's amazing because it doesn't, it doesn't sell. No. And what does sell is... Here you go. This training is going to sort everything. Here's a solution. This diet is going to sort everything. And and, then, and that 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 sells. Whoa, really, dude? That's oh, that's it. amazing. Thank you so much. And then you, oh, wait, it didn't work. Oh, it must have been the, the fault of the thing. 
And that's so, the, whoa, that's really? the deepest problem of our current time. It's one of the biggest threats, I think, to us as kind of, you know, this, this concept of stay safe rather than stay strong. Because nothing feels as good as being fitter than mm-hmm. you were. Mm-hmm. Don't mm-hmm. worry about what Dwayne The Rock Johnson looks like or what um, Kelly Slater's doing on the wave or, you know, what, what people... You don't compare yourself to the people, but compare yourself to the previous version of yourself. Mm-hmm. And we are in this kind of hyper... It's almost like the nanny state gone nuts, right? So um, everything can... The state, the big, the big organisations can fix everything. But they're not really fixing everything. You're, you're, you're a consumer of their solutions. And because people's minds tend to lean towards the, oh, how can I get somebody else to fix this for me? They're just the ready market for whatever it might be. Wh- whatever. New trainers, uh, new car, uh, pills, potions, you know, magic tricks, whatever it is that may, diet supplements, all of that stuff. They think that there's going to be an instant fix and we've become more and more uh, conditioned to believe that if something doesn't happen in like hours, it's not working. We've been conditioned to this kind of hacking of our, you know, beautiful human minds and bodies mm. in, in this instant gratification age that simply if you take personal responsibility, isn't possible. Yeah, Everything so takes time. Nobody's going to fix your shit for you. No, they no, can no. help you, but you have to own this you got to shit. own this shit. I, I remember this person coming to me with knee issue, uh, uh, a knee issue, yeah. and I always recall it, and I can snapshot it into this one tiny, tiny soundbite. Because um, we'll, we'll make this what we've spoken about today, mind-body mind, stuff, because it really has covered body stuff any, anyway and mind. And it's this... He... he I said the thing about icing and he went, Oh great. Is that, that, that's it. Yeah. And that, that, that's the thing. And I went, no, 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 no. Just, you need to do icing. He's like, right. Okay. So I'll do that. And, he said, but he, and then I said, yeah, but what? And then uh, nutrition. So we need to look at l- lowering information, inflammation through nutrition. Oh, is that okay? Fine. I get it now. I'll sack off the icing. I'll just do, well, again, <laughs> um, not really. It, well, we need to do strength training. Oh, is it strength training? Is it? That's the thing. That's that. That's it. Well, you do know what I mean. You just keep going. But if you build the kaizen, mm. as Japanese philosophy is, you build this pizza, these little pizza pizza pie, little slice, slice, slice. You build a holistic uh, view of all these little hacks. They all have a role to play. Little one percent, one percent, one percent, one percent. Do enough of them. Bang, you get a result. Yeah. Um, but God, dude, spouting off there, I love that. Well, we haven't been, we've been. We've not been around for a while, so we've just got, just got so much energy here. Um, Segment four, Surf Media, a couple of bits. You go first, and then I'll share Well, one. it's not Surf Media, but, you, you know, Will and I have talked a lot about things, you know, you watched things, and it's all about deep, dark, fear, paranoia being blurted out of the TV. But I got a free trial with Apple TV. They're not sponsoring the show. If they did, we'd be. Um, we might have a few new Macs and all that sort of thing. But on Apple TV is this wonderful gem, and you recommended me this, Will. It's Ted Lasso, which is, for the British audience, it's kind of like, uh, of a certain age like me, it's kind of like a grown-up version of Joss's Giants that was on BBC TV about this kind of faltering football team that's taken over by quite a charismatic, in this instance, uh, somebody who's come from American football into soccer. Soccer. Or our, our version of football. And it's about his path of getting this team better with his very, very upbeat uh, human philosophy. And it is, I can say it's 
what they have 40 minute episodes of just pure comedy and joy and there's some great laughs in there but it makes you feel good it's feel good tv it's one of those things where i think sometimes if instead of watching loads of shit we had like a the, the whole country had to tune into these kind of happy good news of situations every day the collective vibration mood of the whole nation would lift rather than consuming fear porn constant on the BBC. horror constant thrillers yeah. Constant, constant destruction, news. drama. When someone says, oh, yeah, have you seen this drama? Yeah. I go, oh, oh. Yeah, there's enough bloody dramas in the world. Can't do that. No. So much drama. No, no, it's hard. I think it, 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 because it comes back to the quote, it's easy to be heavy, hard to be light. Yeah. If we were, if we were writing a story now, you and I, we had to put it on TV in six months' time, it would be easier. For us to come up with bad story, bad storylines, gnarly in, things that happen in a world where the shit police, shit police rule. <laughs> It'd be fucking funny. Two I've guys. just thought of a great <laughs> sitcom. Is basically of a little town, maybe yeah. ours, with all the nuance that goes on. All hey, the shit wave police. There's some TV people listen to this show. They'll no, be stealing our totally ideas. You cheeky buggers. No, totally, dude, totally. There's a lot of lot of fun to be poked at with surfing. You could do a, definitely do a sitcom. But anyway. Um, when when someone comes up with something light, which still has depth in it, yeah, genius. Because it's hard to do. Yeah, it's very very hard to do. You know the, mo- the the great movies of this of our of our time as well find that balance. And the ones it's it's like I said, it's just so easy to come up with a really depressing storyline because it's just you just borrow it from well, well interesting bad news basically. You do, and you you lean in that heavy dark world. Yeah. You know? And the the other guy that's done it really well, and I you know I've I've gone in and out of love with this guy uh, is Ricky Gervais. And if you've yep. watched Afterlife on Netflix, yep. again he's dealing with a very very heavy subject matter, but creates out of it a beautiful, mindful, thoughtful comedy incredibly so yeah. um well, i'm going to share my surf media yep. next week because i really want to talk about it properly in depth and uh, we're going to round things off today well let's do it nice to be back guys guys thank you so much see, see you, you soon see you next week bye Ooh.